listening to the Mindful Biz Podcast. I'm Alison Morgan, business coach at Relauncher. Today, Shanna Kennedy joins us in this episode. Shanna has over 20 years experience as a strategic life coach, and she certainly knows how to plant the seeds for success and live your life to the best. In this episode, we talk about work, lifestyle, and tapping into your older self. Shanna speaks from experience and is also best-selling author. Just Google her. I'm sure you will love this episode. It is filled with so much knowledge and wisdom. Hi, Shanna. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm fabulous down here in Melbourne. Thanks for having me on. Oh, absolute pleasure. We were actually saying it's time that you came back on the podcast. You've been on once before quite some time ago, but we need another catch up and everyone has to listen. Yes, (laughs) there's lots of great things to share. So much. So before we kick into it, as we do with all uh, the guests that come on the show, I'd love you to introduce yourself to everyone. Yeah, well, I am Shanna Kennedy. I'm a life strategist and have been for about 20 years. So I was one of those firsts that paved the way and did all the hard schlepping 20 years ago when no one had heard of a life coach. But I really wanted to coach people into building themselves as a business. So I was in corporate sport and I was looking at these 200 athletes that I was looking after and all of them, as soon as they finished their job, their athlete career, they didn't know who they were. Mm. So I was like, no one has a plan. No one has a life plan. Everyone has a career plan. So I really became a life strategist to build an incredible career that runs at the same time as your life is evolving and flourishing and growing. Whereas most people go and build a great big career that just ends up destroying them and they end up burnt out and exhausted and they sort of haven't let the two dance together. So that's what I do. It's incredible strategy on building the two to go next to each other. Sure. So when you create, you know, your life strategy, what areas are you looking at? Well, we always we always create from your own set of values. So most people aren't really clear on their values. So once you know your own value system, that's like, that's the boss, that's who you work for. So we always want to create goals and a pathway that never let you stray too far from your values. So, you know, if you really like health or family or achievement, we need to structure it so it actually supports that. If it's about financial security or, you know, whatever, creativity, we need to make sure that there's a creative pathway for you. So we think in blocks of 5, 10, 15 and 20 years. I always do 20-year plans. Do you? See, oh, brain, it makes your brain explode. See, interesting, like that's so interesting because for me, I'm very much a stepping stone person. So, like, I can I can visualise where I want to be. The furthest away for me would be 10 years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So think about think of your age in 20 years. Mm-hmm. So I think I'll be 70. Yeah. And then I think about what does my 70-year-old self telling me to do today? You know, the reason why we're exercising, the reason why we're going to yoga is for our 70-year-old self. So she's fit, so she's flexible. We don't take it up then when we've got time. It gives you purpose for today. And when you think about where you might want to be financially, it gives you purpose for today and why you're not going to go to that sale or why you don't need that extra handbag or whatever it might be. It helps you really to strategically... um, 
reverse engineer your planning and you don't know the exact results for for example we don't know exactly where we're going to be but we can really think about our older self and what's going to be important to us so that we don't sort of self-sabotage along the way yeah so at what point did you start using this approach on your own life I started when I was 30 20 years ago so my first 20-year plan's done so I'm on my second one but I actually worked with a coach when I had burnout. So I had chronic fatigue, which I still have to manage today. And we sort of thought, how do I build a career and a pathway and a family and have incredible life experiences dancing around chronic fatigue and depression? So it was really quite strategic on what career, how much money I wanted to make, who I wanted to work with. We sort of reversed engineered through all the different stages of my kids' lives to now I'm at the other end. You know, it's about really creating a, a wonderful pathway where the kids will be moving out of home. You know, they're in year 11 and year nine. I'm coming to the, you know, the last little section of their schooling and then they'll go to uni and then they'll move out probably or maybe not. <laughs> but it's about where will I then play? Will I study more? Mm. You know, all of those wonderful things I've wanted to study, like even essential oils. Um, at the moment, it's all tied up in family, whereas that will open up a little bit. So you can sort of start planting seeds. Like the reason I would have a golf lesson now is for my 70-year-old self who wants to get to the golf course and have friends and long lunches and be outside, whereas it's really not appropriate now. Yeah, so interesting. So do you find when you work with people that, so they have trouble setting bigger goals, is that what you're saying? We're used to setting they just, goals, are we? Yeah, they don't think yeah. big enough. So it's a little bit like you're in the car and you're driving around the roundabout. <laughs> so you're just existing and one foot in front of the other. But when we say let's create a map, like you're driving from Melbourne to Sydney to Brisbane to Darwin to Perth and we're finishing in the Maldives, what just happened to your brain? Yeah. You know, the whole thing just opened up and yeah. you just went on a journey. And now... In the next year, you're going to notice anything that's happening in Perth and anything that's happening in Darwin and what's happening in the Maldives because you've planted the seeds. Yeah. So when we plant the big seeds, you start noticing opportunity around you. Yeah. Otherwise, your eyes are just closed. Mm, amazing. Mm, it's fascinating because so you're you, the business. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, like, as people go across this life journey, they often, like, things happen you know people you know like life things happen which throws them off course they need to reset reevaluate their goals how how do people best approach this because we we are often thrown curveballs especially yes, when well, I just wrote a book about that yeah. which so, is coming out in July which is called plan b how to navigate and embrace change because when you get the curveball no matter what it is you know you um, marriage breaks down or, or something happens in your career or you get retrenched or the loss of a loved one or a loss of a parent. We go through a grief cycle, even when we change from black pens to blue pens, you know, um, when we couldn't have our coffee in Melbourne, you know, we, we couldn't sit down for six months in a cafe. We had to only have a takeaway and keep walking. People were grieving that they couldn't sit down in a cafe. So it's about we need to grieve. We need to understand what that is, but then we need to heal consciously heal ourselves and then reset and the plan b might be even better than the plan a mm. 
Mm. You know, some some things are much, much better now. There were a lot of gifts of COVID. So we we sort of need to have that perspective, I think, because we will get curveballs. And the 20-year plan is like a little chessboard where we can move things around when things happen. Yeah. It's not locked in stone. It's this constant, evolving, working document. Mm. Do you find that people that want to create the life plan are like high-achieving executives that are quite um, almost workaholics? Yes, <laughs> yes. I have a lot of burnt out workaholics who really? seem to be very attracted to me because I know what it feels like. Yeah. Um, yes, there is a lot of burnout out there and a lot of burnout even from people working at home because there's no off switch. So mm-hmm. I think burnout is a very, very big problem at the moment. But the people that want to do the life plan, nobody actually comes to me really wanting it <laughs> because because they're like, um, they don't know how or, or what it is. They sort of say, I'm at a bit of a crossroads or I'm feeling a bit tired or a bit burnt out. And I said, well, let's let's get the map out and see where we want to end up so we can reverse engineer. And then they get excited. Wow. It's like we've just planned a big holiday. It's like, wow, now I feel excited about my holiday and excited mm-hmm. about getting ready for it. And it's quite the same concept really as yeah. planning a big road trip. It's the road trip of how your life's going to evolve because if you think of your body in 10 years time you know will be hopefully through menopause and things will be really different Um, your house may be different your financial situation will be different so it is this journey and when you can allow yourself to think it through a little bit you can get very excited about what you want to create yeah so interesting my goodness So how do you, because you're obviously super busy, you're a little bit like me in terms of being you're at the desk, and if there were no boundaries, you'd be at the desk all day, every day, and and at night, but that doesn't fit in with your philosophy. So how, how do you structure a super hectic work scenario and and also, you know, juggling the family and then life as well? Yeah, it's it's a giant juggle, isn't it? No one should pretend that it's not. But I just have a very simple philosophy in my head that I am the asset, so I need to protect it. And nobody else is going to protect it. So I need to create the boundaries for myself because my husband is not, my kids are not, that my clients are not. So if I don't put the beautiful boundary fence around myself, it'll just be a slaughter town going on here and I will get quite run down and sick again Um, so I think about protecting the asset and I always think that tomorrow starts today so always before I leave this room I have my list for tomorrow I prepare for the clients tomorrow because I think the way that we sleep is imperative to how we're going to perform each day and it's a little bit like you're an athlete right so you and I like these um athletes these business athletes and we're running our own own show we have to leave the track in order to turn up the next day with great energy lightness vibrance ready to rock for the next day like the athlete the athletes that hang around the track all night and just take the laptop around to bed they can't turn up the next day fresh for training so it's allowing yourself a tools downtime. it's really really managing your diary um, I, I'm like you, I get up, I exercise every morning, whether it's, you know, 
depends on the weather here in Melbourne, but usually I just go out walking down the beach or yoga or weights or do a class or something like that. And I really use my written diary to strategize my own health. Mm. So I've got two massive, massive days. I'll try and lighten the load on the on the next yeah. day because I just, it's like overtraining, isn't it? Like you're the athlete, you've overtrained yourself. Well, you're not going to perform very well. I love that analogy. I've never thought of it like that before, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah you're an athlete. <laughs> and athletes need See, to well, recover. I feel like an athlete sometimes. <laughs> Well, athletes need to recover, don't they? Yes, they need they the, the massage. Yes. They need the, the right nutrients in the body. They need the right supplementation. So why are we any different? Yeah. Do you know these days, well, I have for many, many years, is every school holidays, I say, right, we're going away every single holidays because working from home, it's very hard to switch off. Even though I've got an office and I can switch off, but school holidays, I'm always like we got we go away for at least a week, and that is just the best way to recharge. Absolutely, yeah. and I go to a, I always go to a retreat every year for a week on my own with like no kids, no husband, and it's where I really think about how I refuel myself. Every cell in my body needs to be topped up. So, no phone, read a novel, not a self help book. Just yeah. read some trashy novel, go and get treatments every day, go to the classes, go to bed at 8 p.m. And that is the investment for me into myself for the year is to have that one week of full decompression, mm. which, you know, I think is really important if we can. And it's, it's not cheap, I know, but for me it's an investment into yeah, that's, right. that's actually where all my creativity comes from. So talking about creativity, you've just written a, another book. You, you wrote that during COVID lockdown. What was that like? Yes. Well, uh, that was interesting because it sort of came to me in the middle of the night. The book sort of flooded into my brain when the phone had rung and all 30 of my speaking gigs had been cancelled because I couldn't get on a plane. So I was going through this freakish grief period and I thought everyone's going to experience that this year. So I got up at three in the morning. I did the Jerry Maguire sweaty thing where I just typed out all the headings and the intro and I just pressed send before I'd even read it like he did. And, um, and Penguin said, oh, we love it. We love it. The world is going to need this. So, again, you could make it a really exhausting process by taking the laptop to bed every night and working for half an hour, but I can't work like that. So I hire an Airbnb, which was one kilometre from our house because we weren't allowed to move. Yeah, yeah we we're locked down. We couldn't move any more than five kilometres. So I just hired an Airbnb down the road and <laughs> set up shop there for five days and I just wrote and wrote and wrote the whole thing, 16 whole hours thing. a day, the whole thing. Yeah, my eyes, eye drops, oh. crazy, and just sent it off, and it's coming out in in July. Have you ever yeah. written that quickly before? Um, I've written all of them that quickly, <laughs> and it's just how I operate because I just can't do it with distraction, with the kids coming home from school and everything. So if you go away, and you allow yourself to go into that flow state. It's unbelievable what comes out when you are not interrupted for eight hours and you haven't barely left the chair except to go to the toilet. And then you look up at the clock and you think, oh, my gosh, I've been here for six hours. You 
must have been so stiff. That's the equivalent of just flying across the world, back and forth, back and forth. It, it completely breaks your body, yes. So I come home, I have a week off where I actually recover. I go and get some Cairo on my back and some physio yeah. and some massage and some acupuncture, but it's done. And so for me, it's less exhausting to do a really like the Olympic sprint yes. and then go and take a long recovery where you push as hard as you could for your personal best and then take a longer recovery than try and drag it out over six months a year. It I, it's, it would just not happen for yeah, me. Yeah, that's too much because it would be weighing on your mind the whole time as well. Yeah, so sometimes when you want to set a really big goal, as we were talking about, it's about taking massive action, mm. not trying to do a big goal in tiny little bits all the time, but actually taking some massive action to really push that car and get it going, and then you can sort of tidy it up a bit later down the track. But I find that people won't take the massive action. They won't actually just sit there for like two or three days and only do things that are towards that goal. Why is that, do you think? I don't think we're taught to. Right. I don't think we learn at school that, do we? We just sort of do the bare minimum and we get through. And I think that, you know, when we we go into some serious work zone and we get the flow, it's not very many times in life that we've experienced it. So with athletes, and because I've worked with athletes for so long, I know how they operate. Mm. And so they will watch a video and they will work on one thing, one thing for weeks, just one thing to master something. So they know how to get in that flow state. So interesting. I'm just actually thinking of my eldest son when you're talking about that because they're both elite runners. And when the first one started, when he ran, he, he would do something with one of his arms and his coach would make him run with a stick in one hand the whole, like for, for weeks and weeks and weeks to correct this arm. And you're right, they, they get absolutely focused on the smallest things to correct. Yeah, and that's massive action yeah. rather than saying, well, you know, we'll try and correct it a little bit at a time. It's not like, no, we have to actually change the way that you're running with that arm. Yeah. yeah. It's really powerful. And Tony Robbins is all over that. If mm. anyone listens to or been to it, Unleash Your Power, yeah. he always says, change your state, change your story, set a goal and take massive action. Mm. And people forget the massive action part. Yeah. I Look, I find that with business coaching. Yes, 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 yes. And then like there'll be there'll be some clients that just don't take the action. And it's like you've got you've got all the material, you've got all the goods, you've just got to take the action. And yeah. if they actually went to an Airbnb for two days and executed yeah. the lot, it would be done. So a lot of people I coach doing their PhDs, they'll say, I've been doing it for two years or however long, and I've just got the last bit. And I say, don't speak to me till it's done. And yeah. I'd, I suggest you go to a hotel and so many of them book a hotel room for a weekend and they can finish in the weekend what it would have taken them a month. Mm, no distractions. Because they just, and, and also you're not allowed to take any longer. So if I give you, you know, two days to do something or two hours to do something, you'll take as long as I give you type yeah, thing. so true. We learned that at school with assignments, except I, I always handed mine in early because I, I never liked working up to deadlines, but that's just, that's me. Yes, that's unusual. <laughs> okay, so there's certain people in the world, some people, you know, have a growth mindset where they want to do big things like we've been talking about and there's other people that are fixed 
and you know and just kind of as you say they they think small and out in the world you know we have friends which are of different mindsets how and look luckily I'm not around these people but there are people that will be are listening that have still got these people in their life where they they kind of make an announcement they're going to write a book they're going to do something big and then the other person says oh I don't think you should do that you know like I don't think that's a good idea Let's talk about that because I'm sure you come The dream stealers. Yes. There are a lot of dream stealers out there. So when I wrote the life plan, I was speaking to one of my husband's cousins and he actually said, well, no one buys books anymore. Why would you do that? Everyone's got Kindles and everyone listens to audio books. And now I'm saying to him, well, I've sold 100,000 of them and they're in Kmart, so I don't know what your problem is. But if we listen to those people you will always sabotage yourself. So I think it's about having a very tight knit or a coach or a very small group of people who are your champions and they will lift you to get that goal and they will have the growth mindset. And the growth mindset is all about, you know, um, persevering in the face of, of failure. It's putting in effort to upskill. It's it's really pushing the boundary a little bit. And it a, has a huge desire to learn more, that person. Whereas the person with a fixed mindset, they're all about limited. Everything is scarcity. Everything is, I'm going to give up easy. I'm going to ignore feedback. Um, I just want it to look good, but I don't want to go into the smarts of it. So it's really, you, you've got to be careful who you surround yourself in, especially in business. I think it's really important because it's very easy for people to say one comment to shut you down and your whole dream's gone. So true. I actually find through running my own business, I think I'm quite a different person than had I have stayed in corporate. Would you agree that with yourself? Yeah, definitely. Mm. But I think, as we said before, um, when we were chatting, having that corporate background, I think, has been such a blessing. Absolutely. Such a blessing because if we had just gone straight into our own business, like especially me 20 years ago being a life coach when no one had heard of it Mm. and everyone told me I was a complete fool, like what are you doing leaving the corporate sports world to be a life coach? It was just unfathomable for people. So I actually had to have a coach to help me because nobody understood except for my husband. He was my cheerleader. But it was, it was really going into my values and believing in myself. And I really got that confidence from being in the corporate world. Mm. And I, there was such a grounding there. So I think people shouldn't rush too quickly to leave the corporate world when they're really young and just gather all of that experience while they can. I, I couldn't agree more. I absolutely, I, there's just so much to learn from the people that you're working with, as we said before, the layers of politics that go on, being pushed out of your comfort zone. And then, you know, once you've got all that, then it's great to then, you know, go off and do your own thing at some point if that suits you. And what I've found through running my my own business, which I'm sure you found as well, is just naturally you have to stretch yourself. You know, you have to get out of your comfort zone and do things that you wouldn't yeah and you have to self you have to like self-motivate 
Yeah. You know, there isn't someone coming with a, this is your KPI and, um, you know, this is the next project for the next couple of months. You have to create everything from scratch. So you have to dig really deep. And that's why you need to have established your own values so that you're doing the right thing that feeds them rather than destroying them and, and do the map and have the pathway and ask yourself constantly, how do I want to feel? Do I want to feel light or do I want to feel heavy? Do I want to feel burdened? Like I want to feel light and energetic and vibrant. So if I'm not feeling that way, I'll get myself a coach and say, come on, let's work with me, be a part of my team and let's lift and elevate and pivot and change to whatever we need to to do. So I will call in the experts to help me. Um, rather than try and just slog it out alone. I think it's a very lonely place having your own business sometimes. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So in your plan, is there another book, do you think? Or not, do, oh, do yes. You know, not think, do you know? You would know. I know, the ne- I know what the next book is already. It's Have in here. Already? No, no, I'm saving it because I want to really enjoy it. And so I'm sort of, I've got a little notepad and every time I think of something, I'm like, oh, yeah, that would go in that book. So um, it's a one I've wanted to write for a very long time, but um, I'm not quite ready. I'm not quite ready because I just... I'm too excited about it. I want to. I want to make sure I do it really well. I've got yeah. goosebumps as you're telling me. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm very excited. Oh wow! So yeah, I think it's about know your for clarity and for purpose mm. for, for daily purpose. We don't necessarily know what our main purpose in life is, and I think, oh gosh, that's so overwhelming for so many people. But if you have a bit of a roadmap, even for three years, even for 2021, even for autumn the next 12 weeks and give yourself a bit of a map, you can have some clarity on why you're doing things today and and what's the purpose of today. You give yourself something, whereas if you don't have any plan or any map or any planner going, I think it's really difficult to stay motivated and upbeat. Mm. Oh, my gosh, I'm loving everything that you say. I bet everyone's <laughs> Oh, I love everything that you do as well. I think that... That there's so many great people out there, and we should all be supporting each other. Yes. And the more that we support each other, the more fun we can have. And isn't that the whole purpose? Is to really enjoy what we're doing. It's not a race. It's not a competition. It's about really enjoying and learning from each other who are in different stages of their career. I think it's really important that we share as much as we can. Wow. All right, Shana, where can everyone find you? And before we wrap up, you're going to have to come on again. (laughs) Okay, great. I've got so much to say. Um, I could speak for hours, but um, they can find me on Instagram at Shana Kennedy or my website, shannakennedy.com. And during COVID, I put a lot of free things on like free screensavers, free downloadable, printable vision boards because I think people should be super excited visually about where they're going on their on their holiday, their roadmap. So you put all the places on. Um, so that that's a really great place to start with. And the book is The Life Plan. It's in Kmart at the moment. It's in all the bookstores as well if you want to go there or order online. Fabulous. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Pleasure, pleasure. I look forward to our next chat.